Log Talk Radio. <laughs> Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, goody. Whoa, geez, what was that? A hiccup at the same time. Ah, welcome football fans. This is Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 266. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and I will try not to do anything rude into the microphone again for the rest of the evening. Not sure whether or not it came out as anything other than uh, a pause, but we'll see. Uh, Anyhow, hey, sorry about that. What's going on? Everything's going on in football. We had trades. We had uh, we had a couple of big trades that happened. We had some signings. We had some movement. Uh, Bowman's gone from Winnipeg uh, over to Montreal. Uh, some bitching going on about that. Uh, oh, let's talk about that for a second. Bob Irving. Bob Irving. A, a, a longtime respected me- member of the media. Uh, associated with the CFL in Winnipeg, okay? Everybody, all the Bomber fans just absolutely idolize this guy. He, they put him on a pedestal, and all they do is talk down to Rod Peterson in Saskatchewan. And you know what? This week, Bob Irving, he stooped as low, if not lower, than Rod Peterson in a very long time. What did he do? He commented on uh, Adrian, I think it's Adrian, Andre, Adrian um, Bowman on uh, no Darius Darius Bowman that's his name Darius Bowman's going over to uh, Montreal and called Montreal a wasteland. I know he wasn't talking about the city; he's talking about the 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 the, the team, and he's right. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying anything. He's he's wrong. Okay, uh, we on this show here we've called Montreal a tire fire, a dumpster fire. Uh, we've called them a train wreck. We've called them everything that you possibly could imagine and some things that you probably won't imagine. But, um, and, and all of those statements are correct because Montreal is absolutely a disgusting franchise right now. And, but they're a storied franchise and many things have happened in that town and they have a fabulous record in the last decade or so. Um, so for a, esteemed member of the news media cfl news media to call another team a wasteland is in my belief despicable and uncalled for and he should know better and then he puts around and he does this it's not even a half-assed apology it wasn't he just repeated what he said and said well maybe that was a little harsh and that left it at that so you know I, I'm kind of disgusted by it all. And then the Bomber fans who turn around and go, oh, what has everybody called? All the fans have been calling uh, Winnipeg for over the years because they've, and I go, yeah, they, you know, no doubt. They've been a dumpster fire. They've been a wasteland. They've been a train wreck. They've been a tire fire. They've been everything they have. Um, at least Montreal's won the Grey Cup in the last little while. Uh, Bombers, 28 years. Come on. You guys have nothing to say about another team. Ye who has not sinned may cast the first stone well bomber fans dude you have no right to bitch about any team being a wasteland when it's been 28 years since you won a great cup 
Okay, Bob Irving, unbelievable. How could you possibly do that? Now, back to us on the Let's Talk CFL podcast here, telling, t- saying that Montreal is a tire fire, and they are. We're not part of the media. We're fans, and I don't claim to be part of the media. I do not. Nobody holds me in high esteem. Trust me on this, okay? We get nothing but abuse from these people think, saying that we're just a bunch of hacks, and we know nothing about football. And, uh, you know, just unbelievable the comments that we get from other people who say that they're uh, like a, a, a real podcast. They're not a real podcast. They're about a, but a, a bunch of wannabes that have gone off and paid the 55 bucks a m- month like I'm doing. Only I'm not pretending to be part of the media. So I can say what the fuck I want to whoever I want, and nobody can say anything about it. Okay, but when you are a paid member of the media like Bob Irving, you can't go trash in the league or any of its members. Okay, you can't do that. It's not right. And it's going to get you in shit. And hopefully it did, but obviously not enough for him to apologize. (sighs) What a rant. I don't know. It's just it goes it blows my mind how we are. We're always talking about. What, how to make this league better, how to make presentation to, to the fans out there, how to bring in new fans, how to do all of these things. And then we got bozos like this who are t- tearing it down. You don't tear down something that you love. You prop it up regardless of how bad it is. Okay. Yeah. You, you're doing it wrong here, Bob. Okay. Yeah, we love the, the, the CFL, but you know, we hate all the teams. We love all the teams, but we hate all the teams. I mean, this this league wouldn't be the same without any any team, right? I, we're glad Ottawa's back in the league. We're glad Montreal's in the league. We're glad Winnipeg and Saskatchewan are stable franchises again. Come on, we, we're all happy. We got ownership issues in Vancouver, but you know, hey, the league is strong at this point in time. Why are we trying to tear it down from the media? I don't know. I'm on a rant and I'm going to stop and I'm going to open up some mics because we got Charles and we got Will here and I'm going to bring Will in. Will, come on in, buddy. What do you think of this? How you doing? Okay. I'm I'm just, I'm just happy. Go lucky. Happy as a pig in shit. Anyways, you gotta, you gotta give Bob a break. Why? I'll tell you why. Well, Bob Irvin was in Winnipeg when I lived there, so he's got to be, I don't know, 116 years old now? Yeah, he's okay. in his early hundreds. I don't know how old he is. He must be, I don't know, how, I've got to I gotta Google that because, man, he's got to be old because he was on the radio in Winnipeg when I was there 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, like, and he wasn't in his 20s back then, so I'd say 70, 75, so... And 68. How would you? 68. 68. Born in 1950. How, how would you like it if you were the main broadcaster for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and they haven't won anything for 28 seasons? You might get a little, you know, upset. And when when there's the slightest little chance that they might do something this year, then I can see him trashing other teams like Montreal because they are a wasteland. 
But yeah, he's not supposed to say things like that, and we're not supposed to say things like that either because it's not it's not very good. I mean, there are just like in Saskatchewan, there are great Montreal fans out there. And Fabulous Montreal fans, we di- know so. They're probably they're probably dying for this team because it's in such disarray. So yeah, a guy like Bob Irwin shouldn't say anything like that, especially when he's been in Winnipeg for all these years and they haven't won butt kiss. So, hey, whatever. Do what you need yeah, to I, do. I just, I just don't understand what was coming through his mind when he said something like this, and then to, to, you know, to get caught, to be called out on it, and then not even apologize in any way, shape, or form. That 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 blows me away even far worse. You know. I mean, you do have to give him, you do have to give him credit because he's sixty-eight years old and he's on Twitter, man. He actually knows what a tweet is. Okay, so hey, there's some good things for Bob, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm not I'm not I'm not cutting him any slack. He he should have known better. Okay. Well, yeah, he should have known better. But hey, we all have gafus. Look at look at what happened to Howard Cosell. Okay, he was one of my favorite sportcasters of all time. And what happened? What happened because of one. One gafu. Charles, can you refresh people's memories, or are you old enough, Charles? About what? What happened to Howard Cosell? Why, I, why, this, this why, is news to me. Why Howard Cosell got got punted off of Monday Night Football? Um, I think I do believe it was a Washington Redskins game, and he referred to one of the receivers i think he said look at that monkey go or something along those lines ouch okay and he was instantly and it was just a gafu howard cosell wasn't a racist it just came out and and he was his career was never the same after that he was instantly off monday night football if i remember correctly yeah and that's a long that's a long yeah. time ago yeah you're actually right. Wide receiver Alvin Garrett of the Washington That's Redskins. Right. And That's right. he said, wanted that kid and that little monkey gets loose, doesn't he? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. He actually said that on national television. Yep. So Bob Irvin's little little guffoo is nothing compared to that. So, Well, there I mean, hey, look at Don Cherry. What the hell has he said over the years and he's still there? <laughs> yeah, but Don is a unique breed upon it upon himself. Okay. <laughs> I Howard Cosell's dead, love by Don the way. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know he is. I know he I is. I didn't know that. He died in '95. Yes, he did. Yep. Very apparently, very good friends with Muhammad Ali too. Yes, yeah. he was. And he also was the person that broke the news that John Lennon had been killed. It was during a Monday night football game. Oh, that's right, too. I remember that as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, Man, that was, I'm getting that was old. A, yeah, I remember that. I remember that vividly. Not not Howard Cosell doing it, but I remember John Lennon being killed. I was uh, in Saskatchewan at the time, and I was in a little town called Unity, Saskatchewan, which is just, I think, it's southwest of uh, North Battleford. And... Nobody in the town knew who John Lennon was. I was completely distraught at this man being assassinated. 
And nobody in the town knew who it was. I said, are you shitting me? And I went, I got to get out of this place. It was Saskatchewan. Come on. Yeah, it was. It was. Okay. So, Charles, welcome to the show, buddy. Yes. Thank you very much. What do you, what do you think of this? Was, uh, he got to keep his mouth shut. I mean, really, he's supposed to be a professional member of the media, and to refer to another CFL city as a wasteland, it, it just smacks of unprofessionalism to me. He's got to be better than that. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in the wrong, CFL Hall but, of Fame, you know? Oh, he will for sure, 100%. Because Will talked about um, about um, uh, Bob Irving being in the radio and stuff like that uh, back many years ago. I remember growing up when I think it was Global TV or whatever with Canwes, and they had uh, the Canadian Football Network. It was basically a syndicated um, show that basically um, broadcast CFL games, uh, I believe on like CanWest or Global or whatever. He was one of their main play-by-play guys. And I remember watching him calling games when I was like 12 years old. And that was quite a while ago. So, okay, yeah, he's been around you're forever. You're not that much older now, are you? Well... Never mind. You, yeah. you hit 40 or something, didn't you? Or was mm-hmm. that 30? No, I hit 40 uh, last month. Oh, no, you hit Lord. 40. Yep. Okay. So, anyhow, I don't know what else to say. We can uh, bitch about Bob for some more, but uh, that's... Oh, look, sorry, there's Chris's phone number. Why didn't somebody say something? Oh, we thought you I thought. did. Actually, well, you well did, did sort right. of. Was it that long ago? Yeah. Um, it was a while ago. A few minutes I'm going to phone him, and I'm not putting him in the room. He's just coming straight into the show. So just listen to the ringy-dingy. That one, yeah. Hopefully this this all works. Chris? Yep, hello. Oh, there you are. Okay, great. Glad to have you on the show, buddy. <laughs> I'm, right on. Uh, Thanks. I, I didn't see your number cut pop up there. Sorry. I don't know how no long. No problem. Ago was no that? problem. It was literally right at nine o'clock. Oh, really? Oh my God. Yeah. Sorry. I know. Have, I know. Have you been listening to my the wife. show? Have you been listening to no, the show? No, no. I. No, no. I was just waiting for you to give me a call. I went on a ten-minute Bob Irving uh, rant about him calling the Montreal uh, franchise a wasteland. And yes. how un- oh, okay. unprofessional that was, and anything else you uh, want to add anything to that, or are you okay? Uh, not that, uh, not that you're the only one, obviously, because he w- came on and apologized pretty quick too, right? So he didn't apologize. There you go. Yeah, he actually, I think he did. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Wow, that's not. Oh, my friends in Montreal didn't like me referring to it as a football wasteland. That was likely a a, a little harsh and unfair. Can I take it back? Ha, ha, ha. Okay, that's so that's not, not a very good apology. That's, that's not, not a very really good one. Apology. That, that sucks. That's a, that, that apology sucks. Yes, okay, okay that, that, I agree too. That's, that's not a great apology. No. <laughs> no, not at all. So, okay, so 
I don't know. Let's say we we can move on from here because like I thought it was funny. <sighs> I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just saying he should no. have said it. <laughs> I can say it because I I'm I'm nobody. You know, Montreal's a tire fire. But you know, I, I'm actually liking some of the changes they're making right now. So you know, they could turn things around. They got a couple of good O linemen that came in, young ones uh, that have some future to them, and uh, a, a quarterback who may or may not do anything, but is it there for at least two years, or could be there for two years? After that, I doubt it, but who knows? And uh, then brought in uh, Bowman for as a receiver, a, a good target for their new QB. I, no, I, I'm liking these changes. I mean, that's where Montreal needed to help. They needed it in the offense, and they seem to be getting it. So, Speaking of Montreal, the first game of the week, another Thursday night game. I don't know. Let's see. Is it? Uh, tomorrow, Thursday, Thursday night, 4.30 start on the West Coast. Uh, we have the Edmonton Eskimos traveling over to Montreal to play the Alouettes. Chris, you're up. We're talking. Who's going to win this game? Uh, Edmonton. <laughs> and I didn't need to think that long. I was just playing it up for a, uh, for a, um, effect. Uh, I, I think Edmonton's going to win it. Um, I mean, Montreal might be moving in the right direction, but they ain't, they ain't moving that quick. So they're not going to have it moved by one day. So um, Vernon Adams will be different. Um, and he has won some starts. But uh, you got to always go with the Mike Riley factor on 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 these ones. So score's gonna be tough. Uh, Mike Riley really hasn't opened it up for a while, has he? We'll go thirty-eight to twelve because I don't like Edmonton's defense totally yet. So thirty-eight to twelve. Okay, so. Uh, I should have done this before you said this, but that's okay. Mark mailed in his scores and he picked uh, Montreal. Did he really fucking pick Montreal? Hang on a sec. I got to confirm this because I'm sure he made a mistake. No, I made a mistake. He didn't pick Montreal. He picked Edmonton. Ah. Uh, 23-16. So 23-16, you got him 38-12. Charles, come up and give me a score. Tell me why. All right, well, uh, Montreal may have improved their team this past week, but it's not something that's going to show right away. Uh, John Johnny Manziel isn't ready to start yet, obviously. He needs a little time to go in and play with that uh, system there. He's going to take him at least another week or two to get into the lineup uh, as a starter, although they have said that he is going to get some playing time that week, this week. Now, I don't know exactly what that means. Maybe they're going to use them in short yardage situations or something like that. But having said that, um, I don't think you're going to see a huge change in Montreal, at least not right away. Uh, I think they are going to improve somewhat, but uh, not right off the bat. And Edmonton's still Edmonton. They're playing pretty well right now, although they did kind of just squeak by in their last game. Uh, Who did they play in their last game? That was uh, Toronto, right? Um, so they, they edged, what's that? No. No. Who did they play last week? They didn't play anybody last week. They no, had they had the bye week, yeah. And the week Nobody before was Edmonton. Yeah, that's right. They, and the and week then before they, they played Toronto. 
and won by a by point. Toronto and lost, yeah, and lost to them the week before. So they haven't Correct. exactly been setting the world on fire, but I still think they're going to be they're good enough to beat Montreal. Montreal, I think they have improved, but I don't think they've improved that much, and uh, they're still not in the same class as Edmonton. Not even close. Uh, I'm going to call this one Edmonton. Edmonton 31 and Montreal 15. Wow. Everybody's kind of hanging around, hovering around the same type of score here. Will, what do you got? Well, you going off? Montreal, picking is, Montreal? Montreal, is, Montreal is a tire fire. There's no doubt about it. In a wasteland, of course. But now they have Johnny Manziel, and he's probably going to play a little bit. But I don't understand the Who's the guy who's starting this week? Vernon Adams. Adams. What's his name? Vernon Adams. Like, really? Okay, you traded him once already, didn't you? So, my biggest question is, is it Vernon Adams, Johnny Manziel, and Schlitz, or Schlitz, or whatever the heck his name is, and Drew Willie is cut for the rest of the year? Well, Drew Willie's got a broken hand or something, so he's out. Well, yeah, apparently he's got a scratch on his hand, which yeah. he's gone through before. Um, but, yeah, I uh, I was extremely impressed last weekend with Montreal and Calgary. I mean, they 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 got a they got a pick off the best quarterback in the CFL. That was pretty impressive. Um, so uh, I'm I'm gonna go. Uh, I defense go held them to 25. I I gotta go 27-14 Montreal. What? Why Why is everybody so quiet? I'm not quiet. I I'm I'm thinking about taking Uh-oh. Montreal. So yeah, I might just give this one Don't to Willie. Do but... Don't do it. Don't do it. You're stupid if you take Montreal. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You just want to win no matter what. If if Montreal gets gets the win. You don't want anybody to take it away from you on points. Well, well, no, my, my other option was I was going to pick Edmonton and go and go 37, 11. Okay. Just to, so I can That's stay close with pretty, Chris since, since, pretty since close he's to the Chris. top of the heap, since he's yeah. the top of the heap, uh, you know, and yeah. So I would go so 39, 13. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. right. Yes, so, okay. There you go. But no, I'll stick. I'll stick with my score for Montreal. I'm good. Okay, I, I'm I'm a little miffed about this because Edmonton is just not playing that good, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick Edmonton just cause, but I'm gonna do it twenty-eight to twelve. For Edmonton, I like uh, Chris's twelve. Um, he, he's too generous to Edmonton. He's a fan, and he gave Mike Riley ten points more than he should have. I wanted to go on a rant about Mike Riley today. Bob Irving just caught me off guard. Okay, we'll do that after, because <laughs> I can do that. I can rant anytime I want. Okay, so that's it. There, Edmonton is uh, taking Montreal, or Edmonton is in Montreal, and we'll see who takes who. Second game, Toronto, Argonauts, one and four, heading over to Winnipeg to play the three and three, 500 football Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You know what I don't understand is how come Winnipeg has played six games already, 
This is week seven. They're playing their seventh game. And BC is on their second bye. Weird schedule. Because it's random. Yes, it's random. <laughs> totally out of control random. I am totally confused by this. I don't understand why that would happen. I mean, Winnipeg finally gets a bye next week. And, uh, yeah. And then there's only three games in week nine. Fortunately, BC's one of them. Okay. So, week seven, we have uh, Toronto Argonauts flying over to Winnipeg to play the Blue Bombers. 500 football out of Winnipeg. Toronto, not sure what the hell you call one and four. That's 20%.2. Chris, you're talking with me. Who's going to take this one? Uh, uh, this one, I mean, Winnipeg beat them so soundly last week, or this last week, that it's hard to see Toronto coming back and making enough changes to, but back to backs are always tough to win both. Oh, where is it at again? Is it in, it's in Winnipeg. It's in Winnipeg. Okay, I'm going to have to pick Winnipeg as a winner and, and, and go against my gut instinct because I always, back to backs are hard to win, but they're going to be at home and they were so dominant. So, but it'll be a better showing. So I'll go Winnipeg uh, 30 and I'll go Toronto 24. Okay, and that's for the peg. Um, Mark mailed in his scores, like I said earlier, and uh, he picked Winnipeg 36-19. But he's a Bomber fan. Charles, are you? No. I am this week. Well, I'm not not particularly, but I, th- I am going to pick them this week because, quite frankly, I don't think Toronto's going to turn it around enough to go into Winnipeg and beat them at home, especially with the way that Toronto basically clobbered them last, that Winnipeg basically clobbered them last week in their home stadium. Um, I am like Chris. I do think it's going to be a better showing by the Argos because, A, as we've made the point on this show before, back-to-backs are always difficult to sweep them both. And typically the team that loses in the first part of the back-to-back, whether they win or not, they typically will have a better showing in the second game. So I'm kind of applying that to it. But even so, I still think the Bombers are going to win this one because I think, well, they're a better team. Uh, I want to see how James Franklin reacts in this game because he was really a non-factor last week against – the Bombers in Toronto. In fact, the offense did not even put up a single touchdown. Uh, the bomber, the excuse me, the Bombers, the Argos offense did not um, uh, put up a single touchdown. Uh, both of their Argo touchdowns were off of turnovers. Um, so I want to see how he reacts there. I think it's going to be a closer game than we saw last week, but I do think the outcome will be the same, and that's to have Winnipeg win it. Uh, I'm going to call Winnipeg to win this one uh, 28-21. 28-21. William. Yes. Well, I think I think, uh, 
Toronto is going to be waiting for Andrew Harris, okay, because he tore them up last week. So I think they're probably going to, probably going to, you know, key on him and see if, uh, see if uh, Matt Nichols can uh, throw some balls. And it is James Franklin's third game being a starter, and I really believe that he's only going to get better. He was not that much of a factor, which surprises me, and I don't know if they've turned him into a drop-back quarterback, and he shouldn't be. But I am going to say, what was Charles' score? 28-21. Okay, I'm going to say 28-21 for Toronto. Hmm... You're just going against the grain here, Will. That's me, buddy. Yeah, I picked Toronto last week. Didn't do so well. Should I do it again? And last week I picked the score of 28-18, for Toronto. And uh, Chris, you picked Toronto too, and we were both kind of disappointed in our reactions. Yes, yes, very bad. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to pick Toronto this week because there's no way in hell that they're going to do it. But I think that Winnipeg is going to have a bit of an outing on this one. And But I, I'm still challenged by their defense. Uh, I'm going to go 38 to 26 for Winnipeg. High-scoring game. Okay, so I just found the uh, weekly picks. You know, the Jamie Nye, Pat Steinberg, Matthew Cause, Marshall Ferguson, Chris O'Leary, and Jim Morris, who all come on and pick the teams for the weeks. And they, they don't really give too much of a justification, but uh, they picked Edmonton straight across the board, unanimous decision. Winnipeg straight across the board, unanimous decision. Um, then there's some dissension here with Jamie Nye, Matthew Cause, and Chris O'Leary picking the Red Blacks, Pat Steinberg, Marshall Ferguson, and Jim Morris picking the Ticats. So it's an even split on the next game here. So I thought I'd give you guys a heads up on that one. And the last game, Calgary and Saskatchewan, is a Calgary wash straight across. So confidence level on that one is pretty high. So uh, I just thought I'd give you guys a share, a heads up on that one. And uh, this one, next game here is Ottawa in, in Hamilton playing the Ticats. And Mark's score is 27-23 for Hamilton. Bearing in mind now they lost two of their starting O-linemen and they're starting two rookies. And they also lost their backup quarterback. Oh, they gained a couple of draft picks. Great. We do know that first-round draft picks usually start in the NFL, don't right? I think there was an article about that. Anyhow, we're if not going to talk about that. Top-level ones, yes. Yeah, you know, the first-round draft picks—that's what they—they mm-hmm. they are. Okay, so um, we're not going to talk about that right now. We can get to it later. Uh, Ottawa, Hamilton, Charles, Red Blacks. Well, Ottawa's coming off a win. Hamilton's coming off of back-to-back losses. Um. I kind of see this, though, as kind of a bounce-back game for Jeremiah Mazzoli. Uh, I think uh, that Jeremiah Mazzoli can see the uh, this uh, 
past weekend's uh, trading of Johnny Manziel is kind of a vote of confidence from June Jones uh, because basically now he's the guy and he knows it. And he's not looking over his shoulder to Johnny Manziel. Not that I know if he was doing that to begin with anyways, but he uh, he's the guy and he's the one they're going forward with and he knows this now. So uh, certainly uh, I think this is going to be like I said, a bounce-back game for them, a confidence game for them. Ottawa won last week, but they probably shouldn't have. I think they kind of got got lucky. I think BC pretty much imploded in the final few minutes there uh, to give them the win. So while they got the win last week, it wasn't all that of an impressive win. There was a game they probably should have lost. Um, and I think Hamilton's just going to bounce back because they've lost – Two in a row, I'm sure they're not happy about that. Well, I know they're not happy about that. Uh, but I see this as a, a bounce-back game for Manziel and the Ticats in general. Uh, they've been in the news. They, now, I'll be interested to see how their offensive line played because they got rid of a couple of them. Or do I have that backwards, or did they get two new ones? No, they Ooh. traded away some. They Hamilton. traded away two O linemen and, and traded got away two linemen. Yeah. They're starting two rookies. They got draft picks, yeah. Okay, so that's a very one to keep, but I do think that they're going to uh Mazzoli can be a mobile quarterback when he needs to be, so I think um that's a plus for him. I think Hamilton's going to win a close game here. Um not super high scoring. I'm gonna go uh twenty four twenty Hamilton. Twenty-four twenty Hamilton. Yes. Okay, I, I just want to uh, put some news out there on the previous game just for a second, seeing if Will or anybody else want to change their score or their pick. Uh, James Walder Jr. and Dexter McCluster were both driven off the practice field today with lower body injuries and will be out for a, an unspecified period of time. Does that change your output there, Will? Who cares? James Wilder? Who's he? Okay. Dexter oh, yeah. James, James Wilder Jr., yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's that expensive running back that hasn't done shit this year. Yeah, no, I'm not changing mine. Sorry. Okay. I, I, I had to give you the option, the opportunity. So. Yeah, no, they got they got that other guy. I really like him. He's short. Ortiz he's Jackson? short and he's – no, he's short and he's really thick. Um, God, what's his name? Well, he's there's Brandon some Burke games. and Marquise mm. Jackson, and they're they're sharing the the, the no. reps right now. Yeah, it's somebody else. I can't remember his name. It's a strange name. I gotta I gotta look at their lineup and let you know. Okay. Are you no, thinking the fullback uh, Cross? Yeah, yeah. What's his name? What's Declan Cross? cross? Yes. Declan Cross. Yes. De- Declan Cross. I really like him. I really he's a like fullback. him. Yeah, that's okay. Fullbacks used to score too. He can catch really well, okay. though, boy. He's got good hands. Yes, he, yes, 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 he can. And and like he's he's a beast. Okay, I mean, you can't. The guy's the guy's huge for a little guy. He is thick. Yeah, so, he is thick. Yes, he is very. He's very very thick. Okay. So yeah, no, I'm not changing my score. I'm good. Let's get back to Ottawa Hamilton and Will. You're up. You're on the clock. Okay. Well, you know what? You know what? I think Jason or Jeremiah Mazzoli coming of age because he's got full confidence now. So it's either 
he either becomes a world beater or he becomes the biggest bust. So, and with Ottawa, and there was, uh, they were saying that, that Dominique Davis is taking first reps in practice, some first reps in practice this week in Ottawa. And there's speculation that maybe Trevor Harris is a little nicked up, but um, uh, what's his name? Their head coach says, no, no, Trevor Harris is going to start. So my question is, which Trevor Harris is going to start? Mike Riley, Trevor Harris, or Marcus Crandall, Trevor Harris? And I've decided that today, this weekend, it's going to be Marcus Crandall, Trevor Harris. So I am going to take Hamilton 37 to 16. Okay. I got you down for the hammer. Mark's take. Did I tell you guys Mark's taking him 27 23? Hamilton? Okay, Chris. Huh. Well, I I can believe this was a split with the panel because I this one really is uh, vexed me when I looked at it. It's kind of like, hmm, how do you go? To be honest with you, I'm going to go with solely Hamilton just because they're at home, and I think the the tid, tidbit box there has been pretty good to them. So uh, I'll go with them. I'm going to go a higher score than Charles, though. I'm going to go, what do I want, 32 to 26 for Hamilton. That's my exact score that I was going to pick. <laughs> well, that's not good. That means there will be a loser score. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I wrote it down and everything, so I'm scribbling it That's out. That's the funniest thing I've heard in years. <laughs> okay, so I'll scribble that one out there, and I'm going to go... I'm going to go 29... 29-27. 29-27 for Hamilton. So who is it that keeps track of our scores for us there? I, I I I do have them all in the computer, so I can go make sure that he's right. But so one of the listeners out there can, listens to all these things, writes down all our scores, and and keeps track of it, and then tells us every once in a while. And I think he's laughing at Charles. But Probably. I could, I've only got I could, one right. And that was in week one. I, I could be wrong here or something, but yeah. You know, or is it us that's laughing at Charles? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. The root to laugh. The next game is Calgary, undefeated, five and zero. Say five and zero, four and zero, five and zero. Got the standings. Calgary's five and zero, and they are going into Regina, into the Hornets Nest, to play the three and two Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Now bear in mind, Saskatchewan does not have a quarterback. And Calgary seems to have a quarterback that is now finally coming back down to the ground a little bit. Even though he's five wins up, his O-line is letting some pressure through, and he's been getting bounced around. And he doesn't like it, and he doesn't play well when that happens. So does Saskatchewan have the ability on defense, pass rush, to get to Bo Levi Mitchell and disrupt him? Because it seems that he gets flustered really easy these days. 
So could Saskatchewan pull the upset here? Could they take the undefeated Calgary Stampeders down a notch? I don't know. Mark's picking Calgary 2017. Chris, you're a Calgary Stampeders fan. You've played for them. Well, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to homer pick them for sure. Oh, I got to homer pick them. I always going to homer pick them, but uh, I, I guess I've picked against them once or twice, but not very often. Uh, I'm not overly comfortable with this game, though. I, this is kind of the kind of game that they could lose, um, especially in Mosaic. Uh, everything's kind of set up for it. So, and they're down. They're going to lose some point. I mean, there's no way they're going undefeated. Well, so, the wheel they are. well, yeah, but there's according to some other people too. I mean, there are people that pick it, but uh, I got to go with Calgary though. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. I, I, I think that they, they're going to get pressure on them if they rush four, if they rush three, I don't think they might not. So depends on what Chris Jones does, but he's been mixing it up a lot to confuse people. Our, uh, Calgary's D is going to hold them though. Cause they're, I mean, all they've got is the run from the quarterback and we know who's going to be taking care of that. That'll be Singleton's job. So we'll go. Oh, I don't know. Let's go 33 just cause it's a weird number to 29. Whoa. We'll make it real close. 33 to 29. Yeah. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a good game. It'll be a nail biter to the end. Okay. Charles, what do you figure here? I don't think it's going to be as close as Chris does, to be honest. Um, I don't see it being that much of a nail-biter. Calgary is a powerhouse. Uh, And Saskatchewan, well, they're just kind of there. Uh, They're okay. I don't classify them a powerhouse, not by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, this This game is in... Saskatchewan. They're always good in Regina. They're always good in Saskatchewan, but Calgary's good everywhere. Let's face it. It doesn't matter if they're in Calgary, Toronto, Vancouver, Saskatchewan, wherever. They're good everywhere. And right now, this offense is firing at a pretty good clip, although they weren't overly impressive last week against Montreal. I really felt that they were just doing the bare minimum they needed to win. No no need putting out extra effort when you don't need to because it didn't take a lot to beat that team last week. Uh, I think Saskatchewan will be jacked, and I don't think they have a terrible defense. Um, I don't think they have a spectacular defense, but I I would probably put it in the upper half of the league. But I, I just see Calgary being able to score enough points and just the way that the Saskatchewan has gone this year and their quarterbacking situation, I don't think they can score enough points to hang with um, with the Stampeders. I just don't. I just think that Calgary's that much better. Um, I think it'll be not as cl- it'll be close, not as close as Chris thinks. It'll be closer, but I still think uh, I'm going to go um, with Calgary putting up 35 points, and Montreal putting up 24. So, Or not Montreal, Saskatchewan. So I'm putting Calgary 35, Saskatchewan 24. Okay. William, we're getting a 50-burger out of you. You know, you know what? Um, 
Saskatchewan is probably going to use their vaunted 210 defense. Have you ever played on a 210 defense, Chris? Because that's basically no, what I've, you're doing, okay? I've played, I've played a three before, but I've never played a two. Okay. So, which probably confuses people. But I don't think it would – I don't think it will confuse Dave Dickinson very much because he's probably had two weeks to look at this because they used that defense – both games against Hamilton, and they won. Um, a couple of things that worry me is, number one, Charleston Hughes is going to have his ears pinned back like you've never seen in your life, and he's going he's gonna to be going for it. So that'll be interesting because he, he, he's the guy who always says he always made Calgary's offensive line better because they had to practice against them. I'm not going to say that's not true, but hey, but I think they'll probably have some special surprises for Charleston Hughes as well. So, yeah, I I don't think Saskatchewan's even in the same league as Calgary. I don't think it's going to be close at all. And with with the two huh, pylons for quarterbacks that Saskatchewan has, Jerome Messon is the running back. The final score is going to be 37 for Calgary and 12 for Saskatchewan. 37-12 Saskatchewan, eh? Hmm. 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 I'm looking at this. 37-12. And I am going to pick 28-24 Saskatchewan. I'm picking the Riders to break. The five at O Calgary Stampeders uh, win streak here. So somebody has to pick them. It's going to be me because I, I really think Saskatchewan's going to do it. They're going to come together and they're going to take uh, do some spanking on Calgary. And uh, I'm really an idiot for picking this because you guys if don't know this. If the shoe brother dance in it. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I I don't want Saskatchewan to beat Calgary. Because then Calgary's going to be really pissed off the week after. And that's when BC plays them. Oh, well. Okay, I'm, I'm going to stick with my score just because. Just because, just because. Hey, guys, did you know something special's happening next weekend? Not this weekend, but next weekend? Something real special? Want to guess what it is? Will, shut up. Uh, your birthday? <laughs> no. That's in March. <laughs> oh, okay. No guesses? I'm not sure. I'm jumping on an airplane, and I'm flying out to Calgary, and I'm going to watch the BC Calgary game with my buddy Will. Hmm. Now, is that not exciting? Awesome. I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited. Thanks for the invite. Um, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm excited too because I usually have to. I usually have to look for a BC fan to abuse. Okay, there's yeah. going to be one sitting right next to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, Charles. I didn't get an yep. invite. I invited myself. Okay, that's okay. Because <laughs> I really did. But, yeah, this is going to be fun. I'm going to go to Calgary, jump on that West Jet out of Kamloops, 
and go to Calgary and uh, get there like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, 1.30 in the afternoon, 5 o'clock game, watch the game with Will, talk football for as long as we can stay awake, and uh, jump on the airplane 10 o'clock in the morning and go home. Huh. That's all right. I think so. I think it's Very pretty good. special. Pretty excited about this. I, I haven't gone on an airplane in a long time, and uh, I, I, I get to meet Will. I, 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 I'm so excited about this. We've been buddies mm-hmm. for, like, what, three years now, Will? Three? Four? Hey, hey Chris, please, Chris, please don't tell him how anticlimactic that is, okay? <laughs> there you go. Ah, oh, come on. Don't be mean. Anyhow. No, no the, part about, the part about meeting Will, okay? I know what <laughs> you're talking about. It's going to be anticlimactic me at the Calgary game, too, because I'm going to be wearing my BC Lions Beer Me shirt, .08. And I, and, and I hope you will do that. I hope you will do that. Oh, I'm, wear, I'm wearing BC you know, colors. Don't, do not think and, I'm and going I, to go there and pretend I'm not oh, a BC no, no, Lions that's, fan. That's absolutely, I expected that 100%, and I'm, I'm, I just want you to know that McMahon Stadium is not the Taj Mahal, just so you know, man. Hey, no, I know not. that. I, I know that, but and I'm just just for the record, just so that anybody out there who sees me anywhere, just know that I'll have my T-shirt underneath that says "Stomp the Stamps," okay? So I will be dressed for it, okay? Stomp the Stamps, BC Lions, okay? And I will be there and it, in McMahon. Uh, do I need anything special? Is it like cold there or anything? And I don't know. <laughs> weather weather changes in Calgary every 15 minutes, baby. Yeah, look out the window, then you'll know what the weather's going to be. Okay, so I should bring a hoodie then. I'm pretty excited about this. I haven't got to do anything special like this in, in years, and this is for me. This is all about I'm, me. I'm actually, and you know what? I'm actually excited, too. Just and I was just as excited when Chris came to visit because there'll be somebody sitting next to me who knows about football, and I won't have some moron asking me stupid questions the entire game. Okay? Yeah, but you shouldn't talk about your Pretty clients simple. like Pretty that. Pretty simple. <laughs> well, no, I, I don't. I don't usually bring my clients to games like that because I like those games. It's usually my field guys that yeah i just don't even want to go there okay so when i went to calgary we went to vegas what does that tell you charles yeah exactly and you know what charles you know what charles yeah if if my wife knee wasn't the way it is right now I wouldn't He'd be having be this conversation because He'd I would be, be in Vegas because this, this is oh, my I... wife's annual vacation time. No, this is my yeah. wife's annual vacation time. They take they they close the company for three weeks every summer, and these are the three weeks. So really, and then we go to Vegas. Yep. So I usually miss the BC game. So that's true. Well, but I, I, but but I have not thank, this year. I have to thank Mrs. Will. There you go. There you go. And guess what, Christopher? She's a lot easier to thank than me, okay? Because she is a nice lady. I, I still don't know how I ever managed to convince her to marry me, so I honestly believe she's a saint, okay? No, no, she is is a saint, absolutely. 
Absolutely, no doubt in my mind. He has to be to put up with you. Did I say that Absolutely. out loud? Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm not going to disagree. Okay. So now, what do we got to do next? Should we? I was going to go on a rant about something else. Do you guys remember what it was? You said Mike Riley. Mike Riley. Mike oh, Riley. yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you hear the big news that Justin Dunk put out? It was kind of cool. He said, next year, at the end of this year, both Bo Levi Mitchell and Mike Riley are free agents. Okay? And he goes, are these the years in which we change up the, the top-tier quarterbacks? And I'm going, well, why would Bo Levi Mitchell want to leave Calgary? It's got a pretty, pretty, pretty pretty good over there and then I'm going well why would Mike Riley want to leave Edmonton and then Justin Dunk comes up with a couple of answers to this and it's not anything about Bo Levi because I'm just not even going to go there because I don't think he's leaving Calgary he's staying there forever and ever and ever Um, but Mike Riley is really good buddies with Ed Hervey and Travis Lule and they're all fishing buddies and now Ed Hervey and Travis Lule are going fishing all the time out here, and Mike's feeling really left out. And the other thing that, you know, um, Mrs. Riley, because I really don't know what her name, she said a while back that she really missed Vancouver because she liked being in the big city and kind of found Edmonton to be, and I don't want to use paraphrase here, in any, a, a bit of a wasteland. Uh, no, she didn't really call Edmonton a wasteland. I did. Uh, but, yeah, she much prefer the, the big city of Vancouver over Edmonton. So, you know, happy wife, happy life. Right, Mike? So, you know, in the off season, could free agent Mike Riley be signing with the BC Lions to join his uh, his friend and counterpart Ed Hervey as the GM and Travis Lule as a quarterback over there? Travis is probably going to be retiring. And uh, – Mike's going to do the last few years of his life over there in, in Vancouver. What do you guys think of that? Is that, is that not, that sounds pretty cool. Is that like a big dream for me or whatever? It's more realistic than him going to Toronto, like what Will's been saying for ever and ever and ever. Maybe that's where Bo Levi Mitchell's going to end up is in Toronto. But yeah, it's too bad we don't have Rhonda on the show. Cause I'm sure she's shitting a brick right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, that would be just She'd be a, telling us a, every reason why that wouldn't happen. Yeah, I know, but it's not going to, it doesn't matter because you know what? It, there's, it's plausible. It's plausible. Ed Hervey and Mike Riley are friends. And we got uh, good fishing locations here. We have fabulous fishing here. They're way better than they have in Edmonton. Shit, half the year, Edmonton's frozen. So, yeah. It's a, it's a distinct possibility that Mike Riley could be playing back where he belongs playing with the BC Lions. What do you guys think about this? Charles, yay or nay? Would you like to see him back in Vancouver? Do you think he could do it? Well, sure, he could do it. To be honest, I'd be a lot more excited if it was somebody other than Justin Dunk saying it. Uh, But having said that, I mean, there is reason to believe that he could do it. Like you said, he's good friends with Ed Herbie. He's good friends... With Travis Lule, he's been here before. Evidently, his wife likes it here. Um, but, I mean, it, who knows? Um, I'm sure that the Edmonton Eskimos, Len Rhodes, is not going to let him just walk away. 
but uh, he's going to put up every uh, chance to, to keep him because, let's face it, if Mike Riley leaves the Edmonton Eskimos, that team is going to free fall in the standings. I don't think anyone would disagree with that because I don't even know who their backup quarterback is. How about this? How about this for a scenario? Mike Riley leaves Edmonton and signs in BC. Bo Levi Mitchell leaves Calgary and signs in Edmonton. How's that for a scenario? Will it happen? Who knows? But no. Hey, you know you, you can it, never, it, you Charles, never know. Charles, Charles, Bo Levi Mitchell mm-hmm. will be taken out of the arena in a stretcher. The guy's fragile. That's a he good point. A, a, he gets a strong wind and he falls over. Hmm, that's a good point. Fair enough. And we've already proved that Edmonton doesn't have an old line where shit. That's why Mike Riley's considered the toughest person in football. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope he likes to keep scrambling because our offensive line here isn't much better than the one they got in Edmonton. It might not be as good, which is scary, but... You know, Mike Riley's been the type of guy that's been able to uh, overcome uh, bad offensive lines. So, you never know. It's certainly possible. I can't rule it out. I don't think anyone could because why not? I mean, maybe he does want to come back here. I'm not uh, I'm not going to rule it out. Chris, what do you think? Well, I agree with you. I think it's much more plausible than Bo, Le- Bo Levi leaving Calgary. Um because there's really no reason for him to. Everything he's known is there. And the scenario with Hervey and, and that kind of stuff really makes sense. So I think there's much more possibility of that happening than anything else. But uh, And I don't see him going totally free market either. I mean, he's had a good career in Edmonton, so he wouldn't really want to leave Edmonton other than for something that's personal. And it sounds like there's some personal stuff there. So... I don't guess I wouldn't be surprised if if it makes sense and it's logical. So if it happens, it won't surprise me, I guess. Although I would have always said that I would think he would finish his career in Edmonton. But uh, I like I would like to think that would happen with lots of players, and it doesn't. So um, I don't know. It's very plausible. I mean, there's no I there's no hole in the argument. There's no you know the only hole would be that well he loves Edmonton because he's loyal to Edmonton. Well. And that's the only thing I can see. But like I said, I don't see him going open market. But that one, that argument makes sense, and it's hard to hard to argue it. I mean, if he stays in Edmonton, it makes sense too. But but like, I don't see him going anywhere else. But okay. uh, I could see that. I have a question for you. You're saying you can't see him going open market, and we we have never seen this happen. We have never seen this happen. But I want to give you a scenario out there. What if Mike Riley refuses to sign in Edmonton because he wants to go free market or wants to go somewhere else? And so they, Edmonton says, okay, well, we're going to trade you. And he go, goes, they, they get a deal going on and they trade him to Montreal, right? Because they want to get an asset yeah. back for him because he's, he's, he's valuable. Let's face it. He's, he's valuable. And, uh, yeah. and then Montreal talks to Mike Riley and he says, I'm not going to resign. I'm going to hit the open market. And Edmonton refuse or Montreal refuses the trade. So, and then he mm-hmm. goes to BC and says, and, and, and Brock Sutherland goes to BC and says, I want to trade, uh, trade Mike Riley to you. What, what will you give me for him? And uh, Ed Hervey goes nothing. Cause he's coming here when mm-hmm. he's free agent. 
Yeah. So this could be the first time where I mean we knew Darian Durant got traded before free agency out of Saskatchewan. Uh, you know everybody gets traded. G. Roy Simon got traded. Uh, before they hit free agency, Andrew Harris got traded, right? Didn't he? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he got yes, traded. He so every, all the big key players, you want an asset for him, so you trade him to to wherever he's going and get something in return. But I've never seen anything happen in this league where they the player just says, "I'm not going." Yeah, I, you can you can sign me, you can trade me to Toronto, but I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. I'm going free agency and 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 I'm going where I want. And Toronto, you give up an asset for me, uh, you're 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 throwing it away. Well, the only way that that would happen, I suppose, is if that team thinks that they can entice him with enough of an offer that they think that they can sign him. And I, I could see that happening. I mean, I don't think Mike's going to say, absolutely no way am I coming. I, I, I don't think he – I don't know. I'd be surprised if that happened. I could see it happening where somebody trades something for him and has wants the first chance to try and sign him. But I could also see him going to free market and going where he wants to go. So I, I could see that happening. I, I could see Edmonton trying to do that, but it would have to be a team that's pretty confident that they could offer him something that he can't say no to. And I don't know if anybody's in that position. He already makes 450, so you'd have to offer him a lot of money, and you'd have to try and make it really desirable to be, be to be there to play. So I mean, if he comes out right out and flatly says he's going to BC, I don't think anybody does that. I don't think anybody takes the trade. If he goes, comes out and says, listen, I'm going to BC. I'm just waiting for free agency. I think Edmonton will be SOL to try and get something for him. It'll just be whether he does that or not, though. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a tough one, eh? It's very interesting. It's an interesting scenario that uh, Justin Dunk has thrown out on the table and, you know, let the rumors begin and all that kind of bullshit. We're just talking about something fluffy. But, uh, yeah, it's plausible. It's it's something to kind of walk with and 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 have fun with because you know what, why not? Here here's a prop bet for you. How many times is he going to be asked by the media if he's going to BC this season? <laughs> oh, I'm not taking odds on that one. Yep, it's going to be high. It's going to be real high. Yeah, yeah. William, what's your thoughts on this? You still think he's going to go you to Toronto? Be traded to Toronto? No, he's not going to Toronto because James Franklin is in Toronto. Okay. So, um, but it does have legs. I mean, if you look at it, he's lived in BC. Okay. So he knows what the lifestyle is like. And in reality, if you think about it, if Travis Lule had got injured a little earlier in his career, Maybe he Mike Riley is still in BC. He'd still be there. That's great. Maybe maybe Mike Riley is still in BC all these years. Yeah. Oh, okay. for sure he would. Um, um, I I could see it happening. I mean, it depends. I I think it probably depends on on how well Edmonton does this year. And is he going to say, do I go to BC, who's not very good, or do I stay in Edmonton? And I know it's going to be a winning organization. Um, In Willie's perfect world, Mike Riley says, wow, 
I'd love to be a member of the 18 and 0 Calgary Stampeders, so I'll be Bo Levi's backup for the rest of my career. That's that's my perfect world. Oh okay? yeah, that's happening. Just saying, guys. Oh, just it, saying, it, guys. It, it, just saying. You do know that just if Mike saying, Riley and Bo Levi Mitchell went into training camp together, Bo Levi wouldn't make the, n- the number one squad. Well, you do know I, that, right? Mike I'd Riley debate, would beat him out of, out of the starting position. I debate that, but. It's okay. I don't have to because Mike Riley will never go to Calgary. Um, no. But I I would be curious to know, and maybe Chris, you know this. Does Mike Riley live in Edmonton all year round? That I don't know. I I believe so, but I I couldn't swear to it. Yeah. But I think he does. Okay. Because okay. I know I know Bo Levi lives in Calgary. Bo Levi lives in Calgary all year round. Mm-hmm. Okay, because he likes Calgary. He says so. Um, but even in the Mike, winter, it's, it's, yeah, he says even in the winter. So I mean, hey, when you have his money, you can go away to tropical places for a little while if you want. To, you know what I mean? Fair enough. So and and Calgary's winters aren't that bad compared to Edmonton. Sorry, just saying. Um, okay. but yeah, it's definitely it's definitely got legs. There's no doubt about it. I mean, and if BC signs a guy like Mike Riley. Is that going to attract other players to BC? Absolutely. And and you know what? We don't know what's going to happen next year because Wally's gone, and who knows what they're going to do there. So, yeah, it's feasible. It's possible. Um, okay. It's even. It's yeah. It's possible. Anything possible. You, have you seen Mike Riley's hats? He's, yeah. he's always wearing a very distinctive hat, whether it's a bowler or a Stetson or a fedora or or something, right? He's got a, a, a ton of different hats, right? He's very stylish in his hat wearing. That's, he's way too stylish for Edmonton. I mean, seriously. No. Well, he's sure. He's got to come back to Vancouver. But you never know. You never know. You never know. Where where is do we know where he's originally from? Mike Riley? Anybody? I mean, where does he live? Yeah. Or, where was you he, mean where, where did he go from? to school? Where, where did he, he come from? from? Where is he from? Mike Riley. I know he he oh, played okay. in Central Washington, so I hang, I'm hang on, I did something really bad here. Hold on, Mike Riley. There's up there's, here. A, there's a there's a hockey he player. He was born in Riley. Yeah, yeah no, there. I found it. He, he was born in Kennewick, Washington. Right, so just okay. below us. His parents are, are, are so, and he went to so, school in Central Washington University. Yep. So he's familiar with, he's very familiar with BC. Oh, he, he so, lives hey, an hour away. His parents you, live an hour away. You never, you never know, man. You never know. But do I want to come to a crappy team? That's the other thing you got to think about. Ah. Right. So, ah, no, it does make a difference better. for some guys. Sure he will, but he Just can't Think about it. If you took Mike Riley out of Edmonton, they'd be a crappy team, too. Oh, yes, they would be. No doubt about it. So you no put Mike Riley it. into so, a crappy team and it become a good team. But, on the other hand, I mean, hey, you never know. I mean, There's you don't know how. There's amazing receivers in B.C., yeah, not that there isn't well, in Edmonton, but there's some amazing receivers in BC. So he's not he's not well, missing out on targets. 
No, absolutely not. And uh, you know, sometimes maybe it changes scenery, but you never you never know. And I mean, and, and the other thing we got to think about is how the new CBA is going to affect these decisions as well, because we don't know what the CBA is going to be this year. So is it not the that end will of this also year? have it is, isn't it? Yes, it, it is next year. No, it's this year because okay. that's why they also say that's why. Bo Levi is not talking to Calgary is because he wants to see the new CBA. So that could have an effect on a bunch of guys. So we'll see. We'll see what happens if, uh, what happens if Mike Riley and Bo Levi Mitchell both go to the Alliance football league for big money. Oh, don't even go That's there. That's a possibility too. That's a possibility well, too. It, it not really because their contract with the CFL doesn't expire until February 14th and they have to be on the field before that in the Alliance League. And uh they can't do that when they're under contract with the CFL. Although the CFL and the Alliance League do not have an agreement saying that they won't poach players, but you can't you know, under contracts, under contracts. Yeah, but does it? I understand that, but the Alliance League, I think, starts the month after the Super Bowl or something like that. Is that? I think yeah, I February. Read that somewhere today. February. Yeah, I think so, it's the week, the week you know, after the Super Bowl. I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. You know, what's a premium in most football leagues? Quarterbacks. So you never know. You never know. I don't want to think of that possibility but you never know. And once again, you can't blame guys like them if they get offered big bucks to go there. You can't blame them. So No, no. but No, that would be good. You know, today on, on Bo's podcast, he says that because a question came up because he answers questions at the end of every podcast. What what is his What's his future plans after football? And he's pretty sure he wants to go into coaching. And he also said, if I don't go into coaching, I want, I'm going to stay someplace where people are familiar with my name and, and uh, you know, so he'd probably stay in Calgary because everybody knows Bo in Calgary. So you never know. It's hard to say. The Alliance league starts play February 9th. Mm-hmm. which right. is uh, the week before the uh, CFL players become free agents. Yeah. Right. So no current CFL player can become a member of the Alliance League unless they are released by their team. Just thought I'd share. And you know what? The other thing is this week, as far as Bo goes, um, I know we all realize, I'm sure you guys all realize, he broke Doug Flutie's record last week for uh, second passing in Calgary Stampeder history. But he also said on a number of shows that Henry's next. So he's obviously wants to go after Henry's record, and he'd probably have to stay here for another six years to beat Henry Burris. So, As a Calgary Stampeder? Yeah. Yes, sir. Or, 
or yeah. Henry Burris's overall record? No, Henry Burris's Calgary Stampeder record. He's the all-time leading passer in Stampeder history. So, there you go. Who knows, man? Mm-hmm. You can't blame these guys if they get offered a boatload of money somewhere else. That's true. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I never even thought about the Alliance League, and that would be pretty bloody scary. Yep. Because they already, who was it? Uh, I think Hamilton, I heard on a in an article today, Hamilton had two quarterbacks that they were going to bring in this week on tryout contracts, and they both said no because they were going to try their luck in the Alliance League. Huh. So, but it is Winnipeg. I would say no, they're going there too. But no, Hamilton, uh, Hamilton, Hamilton. Oh, Hamilton. Hamilton. It wasn't Winnipeg. Was Hamilton. Okay. No, I said Hamilton. Okay, I thought you said Winnipeg. So there you go. No. Hamilton. Interesting. Interesting. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I haven't put too much stock into the Alliance League, but hey, you know what? I think most Americans probably want to play in America if they can. Uh, of so. course, they're going to get make mm-hmm. more money and pay less taxes. Yep, right. Bottom line, and they is, already it, have a, it just makes sense, right? They, they already have a contract with CBS, so yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm looking league, at it. So. They, yeah, so they're, they're going to make money. There's no doubt about it. And I mean, they got eight teams, and the furthest north one is Salt Lake City. So that yep. one confuses me a little bit. Starting in February with Salt Lake City because it's kind of a uh, a, a cold, cold town. Uh, but the other, the other teams are San Diego, Phoenix, San Antonio, Memphis, Atlanta, Birmingham, and Orlando. So, all pretty nice cities around that time of the year. Memphis might has a tendency and, to be a little bit chilly, but not so bad. And did I hear the? I did I hear the minimum starting salary is two fifty. No, the minimum salary is eighty five. Oh, is it? Yeah, eighty-five thousand is the minimum. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's still, you know, that's almost something still, that the, the the CBA this year could fight towards and, and and justify some things as saying that starting salary has to be the same as the Alliance League, and they would have that that would hold water. It would. Mm-hmm. Uh, can they afford to do that though? That's the question. That's the thing. Well, can they afford not to? Well, it's kind of a situation where you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yes. I don't know. I think that right now, if, if they if they could re- negotiate a decent contract with uh, ESPN, with the amount that we're getting interest we're getting from the U.S. people right now, I think that they they could easily double their their salary cap. Seriously, the amount of. Amount of Americans watching our sport now is huge. It's more. There's more Americans watching the CFL than there are Canadians, and that's a fact. That wouldn't take much, would it? It'd only take like ten percent of America. Ten <laughs> percent of America right? already follows or closely follows the CFL. That's thirty-five million people. That's every man, woman, and Correct. child in Canada. Okay, so that is already yeah. there was more people paying attention to the CFL in America than there was in Canada. 
and it, it's just skyrocketed since Johnny Menzel's been in the media. I mean, seriously, our, our group, Let's Talk CFL, we were sitting around the – we're hovering around the 4,460 members, whatever. Wasn't it 4,400, Charles? Something like that, yeah. And we we jumped up to um, uh, 4,600, like 200 members in like four days. How do, how do you get well, 200 new members in, two, in, in four days? It's just amazing the amount of people that are coming in. And they're all Americans. No, I think they were listening to the Let's Talk. They were listening to the Let's Talk CFL podcast, and they just decided they couldn't resist. I I, I hope that you're right. I hope that you're right. (laughs) Once again, we're talking about Willie's World, okay? Willie's World, Willie's World. I've actually had a bunch of people on on come on that say that you know they they've been listening to the 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 podcast and about this Bob Irving more than anything and saying that the guys on let's talk CFL podcast have said way worse things about the Montreal franchise. And I said, hell yeah, we're allowed to Bob's not Bob's part of the media. I am a CFL fan in his basement with a microphone and 55 bucks a month to buy a podcast. Okay. I am responsible to no one. Anyhow, but thank you for listening. I appreciate it. It's nice to know that people actually listen to the podcast. And, you know, I, we, we've been joking around, and I've been talking about people from all over the place, Australia, this, that, and everywhere else. And we have people from 32 different countries, and like about 3,500 people each week listens to the show. That's pretty bloody amazing. And I think that's better yeah. than some of the more wannabe sophisticated podcasts out there especially some of them from Vancouver and, and or Edmonton and or wherever else. That's a lot of people. I might not be up there with the, the waggle because I, I like the waggle. It's the only one I would listen to. Uh, and, and or maybe even Rod Peterson's because Rod's got this blind faith following out of Saskatchewan. But he's an actual real media guy. So he's not a pretend media guy. He's a real media guy. A homer, but so be it. Okay, next story, or first story. Montreal got Johnny Football some help by acquiring Adarius Bowman from Winnipeg after he had a slow start the season. Does he still have enough left in his tank to be effective? Excuse me. You okay there, Charles? Yeah, just sneezing. Trying yeah, not to sneeze right into the mic. Yeah, you did good. So go, go ahead, tell us what's going on with this, or do you want a couple seconds? Yeah, give me a couple seconds. I might have another sneeze. Oh, Are you going to do it again? <laughs> Chris, go ahead. Chris, open your mic. Sorry, I had my yeah, I had my mic off. What's the question? Sorry, I was answering an email. <laughs> Which what segment are we on? You're not paying attention to the podcast. Uh, a little bit. I yeah, I was paying attention. Oh, I just missed the I, last section oh, there. Oh, it's about football. The email, the email I was doing was about football, though, if that helps. It's about variances from the zone system. So I'm chair of the oh. Bantam League, so. I have no response. Does Adarius Bowman have enough left in his tank to be effective with Johnny Manziel? Does he, is he going to be able to help out the Montreal Alouettes? Or do you think he's done? I, I don't think he's done. I think he's got the same talent he's always had. I don't think it's about steps. I think it's about chemistry i mean he got over dominated in edmonton because of the quality receivers there 
and he went into Winnipeg, but he never developed any chemistry with any of the quarterbacks. And and he, he you got to get your targets to be able to make catches. I don't think he was targeted very much. I don't think that that just ever developed there. So I think you just have to get into Montreal and have a rhythm with whoever's there. But if it doesn't happen, he's not going to catch anything. I mean, if they're not throwing to him, he's not going to catch him. So hopefully he goes in there and he gets a rhythm with Menzel and then it happens. But I don't think his lack of production is based solely on, on any kind of a drop in his skill level or his abilities. I think it's just kind of a series of events. So I think he's going to be... He's going to be like Green was when he came back from injury. I mean, Green lit it up again. He just had to get in rhythm with his quarterback. So I think we'll see him up at the top again here again at some point, if Montreal can get going. I mean, there's a lot more ifs about this one, but I think he'll be a top-tier receiver. I, I think he's still got it for sure. Yeah, I have no doubt about that. It's whether or not Manziel can play the game. Yep. Charles. You better now? Yeah. The second sneeze never came. Um, yeah, I think... Um, Sorry to hear that. Yeah. You know a sneeze honestly, is the closest thing to an orgasm, right? I did. I have not heard that. Yes, it is. Okay. But anyhow, go ahead. Yeah. Now that I've caught you completely uh, off guard. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, I think that, um, to be honest, I think that the... Um, a Darius Bowman is still capable of being a top-tier uh, receiver. I think uh, he can very much be a, a good guy, and especially if Johnny Manziel has the um, ability that some think he has, others think he don't, doesn't. But if he has the ability and he can go back to the type of play that we saw out of him uh, when he was in college down at Texas A&M, A&M uh, he and Darius Bowman could be a very, very uh, dangerous combination because Darius Bowman, uh, when he was with Mike Riley the last few years, has shown that if he can get a, a quarterback that can get him the ball consistently, he could be one of the top you know, five receivers in the CFL. He can make things happen. He's that type of guy. I don't think he's lost it all of a sudden. He wasn't uh, – one of the issues in Winnipeg was he was stuck with Chris Trevler to start with. And he was stuck with Chris Trevler going back with him and Matt Nichols back-to-back. So, in reality, um, he never really got the rhythm down with one quarterback or the other. So, uh, it really uh, is one of those things where he's going to have to, if he can get, um, you know, some sort of rhythm, some sort of connection with a guy like uh, Johnny Manziel, providing he's got, the, he's going to play as many think he is, he can still be one of the top receivers in the league, and I still believe that. So I really think that uh, that could be a very, um, a very um, good thing for him. So we'll have to see going forward if he can get that connection with them. Okay. Um, yep. So I'm just going over the roster of Montreal Alouettes, and the only real other receiver that they have, uh, well, B.J. Cunningham and Ernst Jackson. So, you know, having a couple other targets in there, especially like uh, Darius Bowman, they're not 
short on on receivers here on quality. No, receivers. they're not. No, they aren't. So I mean, they've got a bunch of other guys in there like George Johnson and Chris Harper and uh, you know, a few other things. But B.J. Cunningham and Ernst Jackson and uh, Darius Bowman, he's yeah, Manziel's got some targets. Receivers for sure. But but let's see what happens there, William. You there, yeah, um, yeah, I'm here. You know what? Did Darius Bowman led the CFL? Was it three years ago or two years ago? I think it was three or three years ago. It might but have been I'm longer curious than to that. know. No, I'm curious to know what happened to him. I know he got injured. That was obvious. He's got yes, gotten injured, he but. Did. And one of the reasons he went to Winnipeg was he said he had good chemistry with Matt Nichols. Well, that didn't pan out, um, and that could have been because Matt Nichols was injured, of course. But, uh, you know, I mean, can he come back? Yeah, he probably can, but will he? That is another question. In 2000, okay, there you go. In 2016, yeah, 2016, he had 1,761 yards, and yeah. he led the CFL. So yeah, and, that's only two years out. And the year before he that, played, he had he had 1,300 and was in number two. So he, right. he was consistent. He only played 12 games last year, and had half a thousand, so 534 and six games this year and he's only got 95 yards so I don't know does he not fit into somebody's scheme I mean if Montreal traded for him you would think that they're going to try and fit him into their scheme and I mean hey when you got a Darius Bowman and Ernst Jackson Jackson which hasn't he hasn't done anything for two years even though but he hasn't had a quarterback he was one of the biggest free agent signings yes I, I understand that um, but do they, sorry, just talking out loud. Do they have a quarterback now? Okay. That's the question. It, and no, we're not going to know that until, no, they don't. We're not going to know that for at least half a season. No, so, I said, that's a big question. Yeah, no, that is a big question. It's a big question. And, and you know, if Johnny Manziel does well, maybe a Darius Bowman does well. Maybe Ernest Jackson does well. Who knows? Um, it, it's just, you know, I don't know about a Darius Bowman if he can come back to where he was. Because usually when guys falter, they don't usually come back. And, I mean, he is, is what is, he's quite, he's not that young yet either. So, it's it's hard to say. How old is he? He is, uh, um, bum, bum, come on, born in 1980. He's 33. 33 is not young for a receiver, okay? You lose a step. And if you're injured, you lose even more of a step. So, hard to say, but is he better than what a lot of the receivers he has in Montreal now? Absolutely. So, Let's wait and see. I, the key to the whole thing, like you just said, is a quarterback. So, you know. Yeah. He'll make a comeback if Manziel actually is a quarterback. Yep. Yep. 
So. Okay. So the next day, after the big trade for Bowman going from Winnipeg to Montreal, Sean Lemon is traded to BC from Toronto. Wow. Is this this seems to be a uh, a big upgrade to the the BC Lions defensive line which got Gabe Kaplan this year and uh, Odell Willis. Now everybody's saying Odell Willis is a has been overdone. He's out of there. What the hell's going on? Uh, Why would BC pick him up? But you know, BC plays like shit this year. No doubt about it. You know, they're just not playing good football. Odell Willis is number two in the league in quarterback pressures. I'm not saying sacks. I'm saying pressures, quarterback pressures. He's second in the league only to Charles Hughes. Charleston Hughes. Charleston Hughes. Sorry, Charleston Hughes. So, you know, this is just going to make the D a little bit better. And and BC is – their problems, their D more than it's the offense. So, let's see what happens here. I'm I'm intrigued by this one. You you pleased with the trade, Charles? I am, yeah. I think it's – I like Sean Lemon. I always have. I always think he's been a – a tough quarter, uh, tough uh, um, guy on the defensive line. He's been good at going after quarterbacks. Yeah, I think this only makes him stronger. It it provides uh, more veteran leadership, which I think is needed. Um, with uh, Solly being out of the lineup, uh, I, this is one thing I talked about last week: is who can step up and give that kind of veteran leadership um, um, for the Lions. Uh, I think so I think we saw some of it. Last week, um, with uh, Odell Willis, uh, after he got kind of chewed out by Wally on the uh, sidelines and sat on the bench for a bit, he came back in and he was uh, came in guns a blazing. Uh, I think you can kind of see the same thing coming from uh, from um, uh, Sean Lemon. He's a, a longtime uh, guy. He was. Um, wasn't he recently uh, in the mix for the Defensive Player of the Year not long ago? Uh, I know he was um, an all-star just recently as well. So I think this guy can do nothing but help the Lions on the defensive line. So uh, they did not have to give up a lot for him. I think I heard something about a, a negligence player or something like that or a conditional pick. So, yeah, I'm quite happy with the trade. I, I don't see how you can't be. Well, that's exactly what it is. We gave up a negless player for him. Yeah, that's Here, fine with me. Have a bag of hammer handles. We want a player. Actually, I think a, a bag of hammer handles would be more valuable. Terrell Owens was on the, on the negless. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, William, Sean Lemon. Toronto Argonauts, BC Lions, do you care? The question is, is anybody in BC going to get a chance to talk between Willis and Lemon? Because they're both, they're both mouthpieces. I, I don't know if there's been two bigger mouthpieces on one team ever. That'll be interesting. Um, I still think I still think Sean Lemon is a good player. He's only 29 years old. When he was in Calgary, he was great. And then he tried the NFL, and then he went somewhere else. And, yeah, I think I personally, this season anyways, I think it's an upgrade for BC for sure. 
and I'm just wondering why they got rid of him in Toronto. Is it is it uh, is it salary thing? Because don't forget Labor Day is coming up, and after Labor Day, the salaries are there. So yeah. maybe that's what they're doing. They're trying to move a, a, a salary. You never know because they didn't. Uh, BC didn't give anything up for them. So yeah, yeah, it was it was a freebie. But, but I do think it is an upgrade for them. Yeah, and looking at I the reaction. Yeah, looking at the reaction of the Argos fans, they're not happy about this. They were upset that the Argos got rid of him. Well, he was in second place. He only played 16 games last year, and he was second place for CFL sacks. Yeah. With 14. So, I mean, that's good production for only playing 16 games. Yep. And he he was injured part of the season. So yeah, this is a he he was a East All Star last year, so yeah. Oh, Todd just came out and said Bear Woods is coming back and that's why they got rid of Sean. But Bear Woods, Woods is a middle linebacker. He's a middle linebacker. Sean Lemon is a defensive end. Defensive lineman. Exactly. Okay, so that makes no sense. Sorry, Todd. Okay, Chris, defensive guru, what do you think? Well, it makes sense if uh, it's a money issue because they weren't paying Bear Woods when he was on the injured list. So if he's coming back and they have to cut salary to pay him, then I guess Sean Lemon's the bye-bye guy. I, I, It's a weird trade because... He was he is a good player and they Toronto could use him. It's not like they've got an over surplus of D linemen or D ends, so but hey, you know, I think it's gonna be great for B C. I think it's a huge improvement for their team. Um they should actually be able to get some pretty decent pressure with the two ends like that. So um I think they'll see a bonus from it right away. I really uh, I've always liked Lemon. I thought you know, I mean I can't argue with the fact that it'll be the two biggest moat pieces, but whatever. Now they'll be together, so they'll be chiming in harmony instead of uh, clanging against each other. I guess maybe. But yeah, no, I mean it can't help but uh, help BC. I, I just my biggest question was the same as Will's: is why did they trade him? I mean, it just makes no sense unless it's a money thing. And then the Bear Woods thing kind of makes sense because that means that salary's got to be starting to be paid again once he comes off the six games. So maybe he's just a victim of the salary. But I mean, obviously it's the same as Willis. I mean, he's been done like. He's been traded a couple times, and I think it takes a certain coach to be able to put up with the most. So uh, hopefully he fits. But I mean, they got Willis, so they can handle him. So they'll, Wally will handle uh, Lemon just as well. So it'll be good. They'll, I think the BC will see a huge improvement right away for their rush. Hey, I mean, Wally had Khalif Mitchell. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, he seems to be able to handle the trouble guys. And we've said that, right? There's certain coaches that can handle the trouble guys. You know. Yeah. I mean, from from the last I heard, uh, Darian Durant had to check in with Chris Williams or Chris Jones every week to just see what was happening and if his mouth was running too fast. So, yeah. Oh well. Okay, Durant Carter appears to be heading back to playing receiver. Is this really news? I mean, 
I mean, like, really? He swear he should have been all along. The man's a talented yep. receiver, one of the best in the CFL. And what bozo goes and puts him as a defensive back? I mean, can you you have absolutely Chris no Jones. depth on defense that you can't you you can't come up with a DB out of you know the 120,000 defensive backs in 125 or 120 million defensive backs in the United States? This is the best you could come up with is dragging somebody from offense onto defense. How often does that happen? It doesn't. It doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. So going back to offense, going back to being a receiver is definitely an upgrade. And he is the, the key turning point in the Saskatchewan victory over the Calgary Stampeders this week. If Deron Carter was still on defensive back, I would never have picked Saskatchewan. I picked them solely because Deron Carter is going to go out there and actually prove a point as to why he should always be on offense. My belief in a perfect Willie's world or CJ's world or whatever. Willie, what's your world about with this Deron Carter? <laughs> I don't care about Deron Carter, but you know what? He's a receiver. He's not a defensive back. And I'm thinking maybe they switched him because they know what's coming. And it's Calgary receivers, and uh, they don't want Duran to get burnt, or maybe someone got uninjured again. Who knows? But uh, he should—he should be a receiver. He's got to be—I hate to say this—but he's got to be the top five receiver, one of the top five receivers in the CFL for sure. And you play where you're strong, man. Like, I mean, did 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 anybody ever? Did anybody ever try and make Jerry Rice a free safety? Come on. Like, this is stupid. And I'm glad the experiment might finally be over. So, yeah. That's all. Okay. Well, that's kind of interesting. Wow. Wow. Okay, Charles, Ron Carter. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, of course, this is where the guy should have been all along. I've never um, understood why they bothered uh, putting him in the defensive back. Uh, it seems foolish to me to do because he is one of the premier, like him or not, he is one of the premier receivers in the Canadian Football League, and to have him playing defensive back, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's just uh, he's a guy that makes your uh, offense better. And when you were dealing with like what they're dealing with, where they really don't have a clear-cut number one quarterback, why are you not giving them every weapon at your disposal that you can? Uh, so yeah, this is where he should have been all along. Uh, it's just you know common sense. It's just smart. So. I think, quite frankly, this is where he should be. Yeah, no doubt about it. Chris, mm-hmm. you like him on defense? Uh, no, I never. I, I mean, they they essentially 
when he when they had him in the one spot at corner on the uh, on the short on the weak side, he stood out and he got beat. And he got beat. And he got beat. So they moved him to corner on the wide side, the strong side, and hit him by rolling coverage and all that stuff. So if you're doing that much effort to keep him from being standing out and, and not doing it right, then you're wasting your time anyway. Put anybody else out there. I mean, he's a quality receiver. I mean, he's an idiot, but he's a quality receiver, and you cannot argue that fact, and that's what he needs to be doing. This whole, you know, NFL was looking at him to be a DB and stuff is all stupid. I mean, either he's a receiver or he's not, and you should go out and find a DB. It's not that hard. And put him on there, on there, and you're struggling without – I mean, the guy can make catches for any quarterback. He's a 50-50 ball winner. He's got a huge wingspan, and he's going to come down with that ball more times than not. So use him to your advantage. It was a silly thing to begin with. I never did thought, I never thought it was anything but Chris Jones just trying to prove that he was right because he's done it with other players before, and uh, it was just silly. Good. If it's over, it's over. Good. Unfortunately, of course, I wouldn't mind watching him play DB for Cal- against Calgary one more time, but whatever. <laughs> I'm sure it won't make that much of a difference, hopefully. Oh, it's going to make all the world in the difference. That's why I picked the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to win. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, right. Okay. Vernon, Vernon Adams, Jr. will start for the Montreal Alouettes this week, but Johnny Manzio will get some playing time. Does this make the most sense to allow Johnny football time to get comfortable with Montreal's offense? Well, we all know that he got traded to Montreal to be the starter. That's just a simple fact. Because if Vernon Adams was the starter in Montreal, then they would never have traded for Manziel. Okay? This is just not rocket science. Anybody with a brain can figure this one out. So Manziel needs to become comfortable with the CFL game, needs to be comfortable with the Montreal offense, and have him sitting on the bench watching isn't – isn't really the best way to do that. You have to believe that he's just, this guy's not a raw rookie and to stick him in, he's going to get burned. Well, he's going to get burned. There's no doubt about it. He's going to play a game that's faster and, and, and more skilled than the NFL game. And, uh, come on, quite frankly, he played for Cleveland. So this is really going to take it, take a notch out of him. So Vernon Adams starting, I think is, is a good, is a good idea. Personally, I think Manziel has to sit down and seriously watch the game, but as opposed to it was in Hamilton, Manziel did not at any time believe he was going to get into the game. He can't because Jeremiah Mazzoli was just playing good football and there's no way that anybody would do the swap. So Manziel sitting on the bench knew he was sitting on the bench so was he paying attention to the game? Was he paying attention to, to being a student of the game? I don't know. I'm not going to be critical of him. But his attitude in the past would always say that he was doing it half-heartedly. So now knowing that he is potentially not only going to get into the game eventually, he's going to get into the game this game, is he going to be on sitting there watching, paying attention, being a teammate? Chris, what do you think? Uh, I, I think that it's still the right thing to do just to get him used to Van- Montreal's playbook and stuff. Like, I mean, he just he's just going to just be there. So uh, I, I think starting Vernon Adams Jr. is still a good call. 
I will see how long that lasts before they put him in there. But I mean, how much of the playbook is he going to know? And how much of the, you know, if, if he'd been there for a week or even a week, then I would question the call of not starting him. But, you know, I mean, he's going to have such limited knowledge that you might as well put Vernon out there. Let him get, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Vernon plays the bulk of the game. It just yeah. makes more sense. It really does. And, I mean, yeah. next week, if, if, if it's not Menzil starting next week, well, then I've got some questions. But right now, I mean, you know, you got to learn a playbook. and <laughs> It doesn't – it's not something – even if you're used to the CFL game, you still got to learn a team's playbook. And it's not something you can just do in two days or three days. So this all makes sense to me. And if they put him out there for a quarter at the end, whether the game's decided, either way, and we see him, then that makes sense to me. Sure, let him go out there with some limited and see if he has any chemistry with, with just doing sandlot football with the receivers. And, I mean, if you're blowing a team out, then it doesn't matter. And if you're getting blown out, I guess, I guess it doesn't matter. But starting, yeah, start Vernon Adams. And at least he has some background with the team. So, so no, I, I agree with you. Do this. you think Manziel should even see the field? I I would personally, I would say no. I think Vernon should play the whole game. But... I think he's going to because they're selling tickets based off of the fact, that fact and stuff. So I think just like if just like if you had a normal second a backup quarterback that just needs reps, if if the game is decided by the third quarter, why not put him out for the fourth quarter? The question will be if it's a close game, do we see a switch? Like if Vernon's holding on and and they're doing okay and it's it's still in question, are you going to put Menzel in there? and make that change. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You're talking about Vernon Adams versus Mike Riley. Yeah, but you never know. I mean, I've picked Edmonton, and it should be a blowout. So, again, then if it's a blowout and you're going into the fourth quarter and Vernon's done nothing, why wouldn't you put Menzel out there and let him play some sandlot football? I mean, he's not going to know the playbook. But, heck, why don't we see if he's got some chemistry with Ernest Jackson or maybe – you know what I mean? Cunningham or something and just let him go make it up. I mean, that was always his freaking strength in Texas AM anyway. Yeah. Bootstrap football, right? Just go out and do it. Yeah. But that's the thing is if it's close and they actually have a, a chance of winning. And I mean, your definition of close might be different than whatever the Sherman's is or whatever, but it, but I, again, if, if they're holding in and there's some gleaming hope and Vernon doesn't, hasn't looked horrible, I wouldn't put him in. I'd let Vernon run the whole game and see what he can do. Well, we know what's happening, right? Vernon's not going to win the job. But, but again, you might as well let him finish out his job, if, uh, the game, if he's doing well. Because he ain't going to see the field again after this anyway. So, not much anyway. Well, it depends on how Manziel plays too, right? True enough. True enough. If he comes out and sucks a big one, then, uh, then I'd be, I wouldn't hesitate putting Vernon Adams back in. That's for sure. William, do you have some He might get a Go ahead. Go ahead, Chris, finish off. No, he, he might he he might have a really long leash though. Cuz of who he is. Oh, I'm sure he does. You know, like like when he makes the field, he'd have to really be horrible to get pulled, I think. I think he's going to have an extremely long leash to see Brendan back up there. This is going to be a great game for the Americans. 
the new American fans, CFL fans, to watch. Because, you know, Montreal, who's not doing very good, they get, they get to watch Manziel, and they get to watch Mike Riley. And Mike Riley plays exciting football. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a good game for the Americans to be watching. I'm pretty excited about that. Okay, William, you got your mic on now? Go ahead. Now I do. Okay. Um, you know what? I don't know if you guys have ever watched any of Vernon Adams' highlight reels. But he's that amazing. Guy, he's amazing. He's spectacular. he's spectacular. But once again, it's the difference between pro and college football. And people say there's not a difference, but there's a huge difference. Um, but I, I wonder why they're starting Vernon Adams. Is it because they, they want to be in a situation where they can win and maybe he can win with his, with his legs. Okay. Just let him go out there and play Sandlot football and see what happens. I mean, we got nothing to lose at this point in time. Will we see Josh We might. It's hard to say. Uh, your your mic's fading, Will. It is. It's coming in and out. Really? We yeah. know that John... Is that better? No. No? No, you sound far away. Do I sound far away? That's better. How about, how about now? Yeah, that's good. You're not in another galaxy. Okay, we know that Johnny Manziel is going to be the starter, regardless of what Vernon Adams does this week. Yeah. So why not give him a chance, and maybe he gets a shot at being Johnny Manziel's backup. So, hey, but... Uh, oh, Drew Willie. You know, yeah, Drew Willie's going to get cut by the end of the week, I guarantee you. No, he can't. He's hurt, so... Someone's yeah. going to get cut. Matt Slitz, maybe. Mind you, they need three quarterbacks. So, yeah, maybe nobody's going to get cut. But why is Vernon Adams starting already? And how long has he been in Montreal this year? A week, two weeks? Or was he there for – no, he's been there for two weeks this year, right? Three weeks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's about two weeks. Okay, so how come he gets to be the starter all of a sudden? I didn't. Well, I didn't personally. Personally, I didn't think Matt Slitz looked that bad last week. No. Okay, he was against the number one defense in the CFL. Everybody's going to look bad. But you know, except the Lions still, in two weeks. Well, they're still confused in. Uh, they're still confused in uh, Montreal, and they'll be confused for quite some time. But I'm curious to see. I. I. I at this point in time, I want to see Johnny Manziel play. I want to see yeah. what he does in the game. We all do. You know, we've talked about him for, fuck, a year now. So, like, let's see what he can do. I'm ready for that. And I'm pretty sure he's going to fall flat on his face, but that's just my thoughts. But it's so, going to be fun we'll watching. Look. It's going to be fun watching. Yeah, Charles. It will be. Uh, I'm not surprised they're not. I'm not surprised they're not going with um, Manziel this week. Uh, he's new, new scheme, new team, new everything. He's got to get some time to get up to speed. You can't do it just all at once. 
Uh, he's going to be, uh, I think, um, next week he starts no matter what happens this week. But um, he's going to be, um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him play some, depending on how the game is. But one way or another, I think you're going to see a lot of him, or maybe not a lot, but I think he's going to see the field uh, a few times in this game. I'm not sure in what capacity, but I think uh, he's um, he's a, they're going to want to get him in, get kind of get his sea legs under him, so to speak. So I'm thinking that he's the one. He's going to play. I don't know exactly how much, um, but he's the starter. I think after this week, no question. Um, yeah, and um, hmm. that's about all I got to say. I just um, Vernon Adams. I do want to see what he can do because there have been times in the past where Vernon Adams has looked pretty good uh, in previous games. So I am interested to see how he plays in this start. Uh, but again, I don't think it matters because uh, the starting job is going to be belong to Johnny Manziel, I think, starting next week. I mean, you and I were both excited when Vernon Adams was uh, brought in by the BC Lions, right? We yes, were I both was. excited about that. But then he found mm-hmm. out he was going to be the third string quarterback, and he says, I'm out of here. And uh, arrogant college players, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I'm. Will's right. Vernon Adams was amazing in college. So was Johnny Manziel. Well, Johnny Manziel was a bust in the pros. Vernon Adams hasn't been much better. Okay, next topic. We're running out of time here. Look at that, seven minutes left in the show. 25 years ago, the Canadian Football League decided to try expanding south of the border with mixed and mostly poor results. What's the lasting legacy of U.S. expansion, and will it ever be tried again? Well, I have gone at length on discussion of the CFL expanding into America. I think it's a fabulous idea, and I think they're taking way too long to do it. Uh, Even talking about putting a team in Halifax is stupid, ridiculous, and redundant. It's going to fail. But putting a team into Detroit or putting a team into Salt Lake City or putting a team into Boise, Idaho makes sense to me, right? Because there's no other pro team over there, well, except Detroit. But Detroit is so close to the Canadian border that they've got so many CFL fans down there. I know it would be a success. Uh, Yeah, this is just what needs to happen. And – yeah, there's a lot of big problems. Uh, the the ratio is the biggest one that everybody talks about. The What does the word Canadian mean? Why is it in our league? Because it should be Canadian. Well, if you truly believe that this is a Canadian game and it should be a Canadian sport, then why do we have Americans playing in it? Okay, it should be, if you want to keep it Canadian, it should all be Canadian. Screw the Americans completely. Why put them in there? And, and it, bullshit, okay? They, they produce quality football players and that's why they're in our league i understand trying to protect it and and allowing a place for canadian kids to aspire to when they grow up but reality says you know you want to expand expand into the bigger markets don't expand into smaller markets and trust me halifax is a small market why are we expanding into a small market we need to expand into bigger markets and bigger markets is america so What's my lasting legacy of the U.S. expansion? 
Why go so far south? What's going on with Birmingham and uh, Louisiana, Shreveport, Louisiana, Las Vegas, Memphis? Are you guys nuts? You should be playing football up around the Canadian border where the American fans watch Canadian football on TV because they can get the broadcasts from the Canadian stations. It was a stupid plan right from the get-go, but it, was, it saved the league. It did exactly what it needed to do. It saved the Canadian Football League. So I'm not going to talk too long on this. I just did talk too long on this. So we're going to open up the mics here. I'm going to open up Will's mic. I turned his mic off because he, we were listening to his TV set more than we were listening to anything else. So, Will, welcome back in there. Canadian Football League, should it stay in Canada? Should we well, expand south of the border? I, and what do you remember of it last before. time? I don't remember anything of it, to be honest with you. I uh, really didn't pay much attention to it, to be honest with you. I wasn't. I was occupied with other things at that point in my life, so I really didn't. St- I I can't even say how long how long were you in the states for? Two years. Two years. Three seasons. Three years. Three, three seasons. Tops. Three seasons stops. Yeah. Okay. Well, obviously, it didn't work in those big cities. You know, but and I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I, I think where it should happen is and one of the things you didn't bring up earlier was South Dakota, North Dakota, places like that. Well boy, where the they Idaho. probably know CFL where they probably know CFL football because there's a lot of them in Canada playing CFL football. Yeah. Okay. I mean so why not go to those smaller places? But can they support teams like that i mean there's no interest in these bigger markets i mean you know you're gonna you're gonna go to vegas and compete with the raiders i don't think so so you know what, you know what? they didn't do it right last time hopefully they would probably get it right this year but i am like you christopher i think halifax is a big 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 mistake so, but yeah. that's just my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Two and a half minutes left. Go Chris, go ahead. Well, I mean, uh, my lasting memory of it is, uh, I guess, people like Jim Pop and Mike Pringle and, and really the Montreal Alouettes coming back. And it was a fiasco because of the way it was done. I don't, at the time, I thoroughly thought you'd never see it ever again because of how badly it failed. But with it being so long now, and if it was done right, I could see it happening. And I think you're right. I think it's probably the way it should go. I just, I, the people that say it needs to be Canadian football, you know what? It, what makes it Canadian football is the rules and the game we play, not the people playing it. I mean, I agree with the ratio rule. Don't get me wrong. And, if an American team comes in, they won't have that ratio rule, but it is what it is. Like, I mean, playing south of the border does not make it not Canadian. It just makes it south of the border Canadian football. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. I don't know. We got to get going here. Charles, jump in real fast. You, you only got like 10, 15 seconds. Go. Yeah, I know. Uh, personally, I think the reason it failed last time was not because it can't work in the U.S. They basically gave a team to anyone who was willing to give them a check, 
and that was basically it. They didn't do their due diligence. It could work. I still say it could work if they did it properly and took their time and researched it more than they did last time. Uh, to me, the legacy is, hey, it brought the Montreal Alouettes back in. The, they were the Baltimore Stallions, so that's kind of the legacy. And I think if they tried it again, I do think it would work. Okay. This has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 266. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. We're wrapping this one up real quick tonight, and uh, no shout-outs, can't do it. Uh, say goodnight, Charles. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you after the games on Sunday. Watch football. Chris, say goodnight. Goodnight. Watch football. William, it's up to you, buddy. Take it home. Good night. Good night. Go, Owls, go. They will.